The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said... Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers here in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too. <clears throat> the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. In fact, we're going to find out who who really is on that straight and narrow this morning. Boy, this is going to get your blood boiling. I'm telling you, just just hang on. <laughs> Lucy, I know you said you want to you have peaceful mind and all this. This is not going to put your mind at ease at all. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. All right. If you would like to check us out on sun on online here, and I got off. Sorry, I got off on the the wrong thing there. But I'm just yesterday I saw this, and when I show it to you, you're going to be just like I am. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com, SonsofLibertyMedia.com. If you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, I invite you to do so. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. Scroll down on the right side of the page, and we are streaming live on one of our platforms. Click on that and enlarge it. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. And then click on the icon, and you can join us in chat. we got a lot of friends in there, everybody up early. Some people staying up late, I guess. I don't know. Uh, West Coast people up, <laughs> which is great. And I know, boy, we had somebody from New Zealand in here the other day, and 
people from all over. And so we're glad for your support uh, on the video platform as well. <clears throat> right above that is Bradley's show from Saturday, two hours worth. And if you missed that, you want to catch that before 3 p.m. because that will go off and he will be live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. And then right above that is where you can subscribe to our email newsletter. Uh, again, we don't spam your email. We don't sell it. We don't rent it to anybody. You get one email from us a day. And, you know, if some of you ask, you'll, you'll send me messages. Well, where can I find this? Or where can I find that? Or the video you played? Or what about that document? Well, all of that's in the morning. Sh- it's in the morning show archive. And I do it every day. And it's in one neat little package so that you can go there on sonsoflibertymedia.com. That's where you can find it. <laughs> and you'll be able to find whatever you want from the show. Or you should be. May, there may be something that I miss, but that's on a rare occasion because all my stuff's open. I just dump the stuff in that article just so you can uh, you can be able to check it out. Finally, we don't ask for money, but we do let you know that we have needs. It costs money to do everything that we do. And, uh, you know, the, let me let me just say this. I'm not one to, to talk about tithing or, or money and stuff like this. This isn't me. That's not where my focus gets. But I can tell you this. I've had people ask me about their pastor. And, uh, you know, how much should the pastor, I remember a good friend asked me, how much should a pastor make? Should he make more than the people who are there? And I just say, well, wait a minute. How many kids does he have? What does he have to take care of there? You want him to be a full-time pastor? He can't do it for, you know, what you would pay a single guy uh, to flip burgers at the local McDonald's or whatever. You, I mean, you just can't do that. So I said, what's fair is, are you taking care of him? Are you making sure? You, I'm not saying make him rich. I'm just saying, are you meeting his needs? If you're not doing that, especially, you know, if your church has hundreds of thousands of dollars in saving and your building's paid for and all this other stuff, then you're sinning against your pastor. It's just, I'm just going to tell you, you're just sinning against the guy, especially if he's doing a good job. Okay. But here's the thing. We don't do it to get rich. That's not what we're here for. And we certainly don't do it for any kind of fame because, well, the message we have is not very popular. I'm just going to tell you. But if you want, if you agree with it and you want to help us get it out there more, there's a one, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or a daughter of liberty. That link is also at the top of the page. Our store is also available. This week we are highlighting the Junkyard Profit T-shirts. Now I, I got to tell you, I love these shirts. Stand your ground. This was um, the name of the CD that uh, Bradley his his band was called Junkyard Profit. You, these are normally twenty bucks. Okay. This week only, up until Saturday midnight, you can get these shirts for $10, 50% off. Promo code is JYP50. JYP50 gets you 50% off these shirts. Get as many as you want, right? Um, and those are available in our store. And I hope you'll take advantage of this. There's some nice shirts. They, they don't get any cheap shirts. They get high-quality shirts, and uh, you'll be glad that you picked one of those up. All right, now, I am... I ran across this video yesterday. Some somebody sent it to me. I I think it was our the the lady who does uh, who uh, who is the webmaster for Lynn Taylor who comes on on Wednesdays. I think she was the one that sent it to me. And this was an interview that was done at the Red Pill Expo. You remember we had G. Edward Griffin on. He was setting up for the Red Pill Expo, and one of the things is is my friend Alex Newman was there. We've had Alex on from the New American several times on the show. And uh, he interviewed South Dakota State Senator Julie Fry Mueller. Okay. 
And I'm going to play that for you, but before I do, I want to tell you just how this impacted me. Because they've been talking about trying to inject the children in the public school system with this deadly poison, this experimental injection, okay? They've been talking about that. Going from, what, two years old uh, up into the teens? And most parents who send their kids to public schools, one, have not thought through why they're sending them there, especially if they're Christian parents. Because the Bible is pretty clear, you're the one that's supposed to be training them. Now, how you do that, you know, obviously I've, I've made, I've seen room to where you can get certain people who may be fluent in a language, you want your kid to learn a language, and so you're, you, you can't teach them that language, but this person can. That's one thing. Uh, you doing some other things, uh, determining, hey, somebody here is really good at math and I'd like my kid to learn under that. Or maybe you want to gather with some parents and you want to get one teacher that knows a bunch of subjects that can teach you know, the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic kind of stuff. And you want to do that. You're in control of it. More, most of the time, they're not in control of it. They've given up that authority to some school board that usurps their authority, don't listen, doesn't listen to parents. And then that's why we're having some of these, uh, these videos coming out where parents are just like, yeah, we're not having that from you people. We'll run you off if we got to do it, and we'll take over ourselves, which is probably what they should do in the first place. And I know, I can hear it already. Parents are saying, Tim, you just don't understand. Man, we can't afford it. We can't do it. Look, you're talking to a guy where our household income is about $60,000. And me and my wife have been married for 26 years, and we got 10 kids. Now, some of those are out of the house, a couple of them. But we still have those expenses. We know what it's like. I'm not, I'm not saying it because we haven't done it. We, we have done it. We are doing it. But I got this video yesterday, and I watched it. It's only about 10 minutes. I'm going to play it for you. It's the interview here. And when I finished watching it, I was so angry. And you guys know I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty easygoing, laid-back guy. I really am. It really takes something to really fire me up. And I was so angry at what I saw here. I called up Bradley. I called up my pastor. Because here's the thing. I think there's a lot of people who are, quote-unquote, in ministry on their own. And they have no accountability. This is why I think you ought to be in a church that has eldership. Um, that will keep you accountable. My elders in my church listen in on my podcast every once in a while uh, to make sure that I'm not going off the rails. And I, I just called my pastor. I said, look, this is what I'm thinking. I see this in Scripture. I see all these things. And he goes, oh, I think you're right on track. And we talked about the effeminization of the church. Uh, John Robbins from the Trinity Foundation wrote a book on that. Actually, he he wrote a book, but it was it was compiled of a lot of church um, preachers from the past and warning about the effeminization of the church. And I think the reason that the church is not responding to the lawlessness at hand and some of the things the way they're going is because they've been neutered. They've been castrated, as it were. Okay? And it's we, we've got to get that back. We, we've got to get that back. So, Here's what I want to do. I want to set this up for you. We're looking at um, this government trying to force vaccinate people. They're, look, they're, they're talking about it right in front of your face, mandates. What I said last year with Trump was he was hinting at 
these mandates. And everybody gave me a hard time saying, well, he didn't say that. I said, do you know the difference between hinting at and coming out and saying it? And all I got was, well, he didn't say that. Okay, dummy. Keep ha- keep thinking that. And this is what's going to happen. So this is an interview, again, uh, by our friend Alex Newman with South Dakota State Senator Julie Fry Mueller. Now, it runs about 10 minutes, but wait till you hear what's in here. It's going to make you angry. Okay, it's going to make you angry. And if you're a person who has your kids in public school, you're going to really want to question whether or not you want to send your kid there. Okay, just listen. Here it comes. Confused about his gender. Sorry about that. Uh, I got ahead because uh, I stopped the video there and somehow the YouTube kept it up. All right. So let me blow this up. All right. Here we go. Hey, everybody, Alex Newman here again with The New American. We are still at the Red Pill Expo, as you can see behind us. And uh, with me is a good friend, a wonderful, wonderful lady, uh, Senator Julie Fry Mueller. And she has been on the front lines of the freedom fight here in South Dakota. And she is now fighting. Uh, so, you, know, you guys know I'm all into education. I did not know this. Um, she really uh, surprised me. Tell us about what you found in the federal education statutes about what they can do to these children. Okay, well, it was a few years ago, one of the school board members' um, sister found in our school handbooks, and every parent needs to know those school handbooks. I don't recommend anybody signing or clicking online saying they've received it because they've never read the 40 to 70 pages in it, and you're signing something that can really hurt your child, in my opinion. And um, what your, you, your job just dropped yesterday when I told you this. And in 20 U.S. Code 1232H is a section in there where the schools can do non-emergency invasive physical exams on a student. And it's like, what do you mean? So then we looked it up, and I've had bills the last three years addressing it. Um, they, it a non-emergency invasive physical exam when you give the definition in federal law, in, in this statute that's in the handbook says exposure of private body parts, including incision, insertion, and injection into the body. And these are non-emergency invasive physical exams that they can do. And it says scheduled by the school in advance, not necessary for the health of the student or for any other student. And it required as a condition of attendance. They're playing doctor with our kids in school, and it shouldn't even be in there. If there's nothing important, why are you scheduling a doctor's appointment that would in- that include exposure of private body parts, incision, insertion, and injection into the body? So then where does your mind go? Hmm, vaccines, IUDs. Transgender um, surgeries. Yep, hormone blocker, puberty blockers. You know, that um, I've had two moms let me know, and they have not been from South Dakota, but they their daughters had had incisions in the states they were in and birth control patches oh put in the back of their arms. I mean, this is the school's playing doctor, and parents don't even know. And one of the um, senators that made a motion to send my bill to the 41st day, which to me is... I don't appreciate it, but I said, you know, how would you feel if somebody went in and did a cavity search on your child? Insertion, incision, injection. I mean, it's it's sick, and it's not the role of the schools to do that. And and it and I've had, like I said, for three years in a row, I've had this bill, and in our Republican state, they have the bill has been killed every year. So I really want the people out there listening 
to make sure that their legislators know whether or not they think this is acceptable and whether or not they should support it or not. Because in our state, we're supposed to be a conservative state, all about parents, all about kids, but yet we're not protecting the kids. Okay. Now, let me let me make – because Alex is going to bring up something here in just a little bit. that If that doesn't get your blood boiling, okay – and let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and tell you guys. For those of you saying, "Well, it's it's not that bad here," they try this on my kids. Well, wait till you hear what happens before Dad even knows what's going on. Alex is going to bring that story up in a minute. You're not going to know. They're just going to usurp it. And then when you take them to court, the court's going to go, "Well, it's in the law because they haven't learned constitutional law. They appeal to case law." When's the last time you heard a Supreme Court ruling? They said, well, the Constitution says this, and our founding fathers meant this by that. No, they go through all these case laws, which are nonsense, over something that could be answered by simply appealing to the First Amendment. Now, we've seen that time and time again. It's frustrating. It, this ought to be black and white, very clear. That's not. There's no gray area here. But you understand what she's saying. The federal government, who has no authority in education, that's just not there. Our Constitution did not give them any authority for it. To cut your kids, to inject your kids, to put hormone blockers in your kids, without your knowledge, by the way, without your knowledge, and be perfectly protected under their pretended legislation. Okay? Um, Alex is going to get to this story in a minute, and you're just, seriously, you're going you're, you're gonna to want to spit some bullets when this happens. Folks, let this sink in, okay? Uh, under the guise of, of education, the federal government has given the schools the right to inspect your children's private parts, to insert things in them, to give them all sorts of medical procedures and devices. This is happening without that. I study edu- I've been studying education for a decade, and I didn't know that. Um, tell us a little bit more about your bill, Senator, because uh, folks out there, If you're listening to this, it's almost certainly in your state as well. Again, it's a federal policy. Uh, You need to get this to your legislators. So tell us about this bill that you have, Senator, and uh, what are the key points and and how can people work to get this in their own states? Well, um, if anybody's out there, this last year it was Senate Bill 170. And um, what you have to do is you have to put it in state law. So we took the exact verbiage from federal law and instead, in, in federal law, it says any non-emergency. I took the word any out and put the word no in. Nice. But you had to put it in state law in order to address it to get it out of the schools. So I just changed the word any to no. And then it, and also in that section, and I, I had sent it to you, um, it says the parents must be notified at least annually, which means they're doing it through the school handbook. And like we said, people just don't take the time to read it. You know, and we've had problems with our South Dakota High School Activities Association um, last year and the year before. where And they're still doing it. Parents still aren't reading it. They've revised it a little bit this year. But they're, these parents are not reading what they're signing with their kids. And a, a couple of years ago, when the parents brought it to me, and they're mandating that they put the school on the child's HIPAA form so that they can download the information in case they need it in an emergency. I'm sorry, you're not playing doctor in an emergency. None of us needed to hand over any of that information all these years. You don't need that. And then in the bottom, and that's in section section, the bottom section says that it ha- you have to fill it out or your child will not be able to play. So to me, it's kind of a blackmail thing too. 
So I, I mean, parents, all I can say is parents have to read, have to pay attention to what they're doing because you can be giving your child's privacy away. You can be putting a child, and we had a bill, um, not the 2020, but the 2019 session. I think it was 20, and it could have been 2020. Um, and that was House Bill 1057, where we were making it so transgenders were not allowed or no, excuse me, children who are confused were not allowed to transgender their bodies. These are minor children. Do you think that'd be pretty common sense? Do you think it'd be common <laughs> sense? I mean, you're not supposed to... Can't smoke, smoke yeah, right. other things, can't vote. But yet, that did not pass. So you are allowing children to transgender. And it's just sad because every one of us knows a child cannot make those decisions. We know it. And in our state... And that was a big thing for our Chamber of Commerce and, and another retailer's thing that promoted, you know, killing that bill because of business, because of the almighty dollar. Folks, okay. Uh, now, before Alice, Alice is going to give you a real life example of this, okay? And it goes to the extreme, as in castration of a little boy, right? This was just a few years back, 2016, I think, of a little boy by the school. And I, I just, uh, I'm going to let him tell you the story, and you see if it just makes you angry the way it did me. Put these two things together, and what you get is what happened in Minnesota. In 2016, there was a little boy confused about his gender. Uh, the, the mother explicitly said he could not have a sex change, so-called, and the public school took him to a medical facility and castrated him. They removed his genitals under the guise of giving him a, a gender affirmation surgery. The mother sued in federal court and lost. The courts found that the school did not violate her parental rights, and my guess is it has something to do with this idea that the schools can do all these kinds of procedures. Procedures. Folks, this is serious. This is a crisis. It may be your children who are next. Get involved. Share this interview. Uh- All right. Did did you hear that? The school took a little boy, despite his mother saying no, he cannot have this surgery, which doesn't alter your gender. It doesn't. It just mutilates the body. Yeah. Yeah. And now you know why I was so ticked off. And then she goes to seek justice, and the court tells her, you don't have any rights here, Mom. They didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to tell you what I think. And I ran it past my pastor, and I talked to Bradley about it last night. If I was... Dumb enough to send my kids to public school. That would still not be an excuse or reason for them to do such a thing. And I'm telling you right now as a dad, this, this little boy wasn't even my kid. Everybody who had a hand in it, everybody wouldn't be breathing. They just, they wouldn't be breathing. Because in essence, what you have done to that little boy is you have ended his line with him. You have ended it. You say, Tim, that's not very Christian. Oh, really? Jesus said it would be better for you if you engage in stuff like that to go grab a millstone, walk yourself down to the ocean, and tie it around your neck and throw yourself in. That's what he said. Was Jesus being unchristlike? 
When you go in the Old Testament, you go to Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 35. What I find interesting is, and I'm going to play the rest of the, uh, the interview here in just a second. What I find interesting is, is you find someone called the Avenger. I know this is going to be uncomfortable for some people. I get it, okay? Because you probably haven't had anybody teach you any of these things, right? Numbers chapter 35, we're introduced to someone called the Avenger. This comes after there are uh, cities of refuge that are appointed. We're not talking about uh, what, what, what has been set up as sanctuary cities in our country. That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about cities of refuge that if someone kills somebody, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, they flee to these cities, and then the elders come, they examine the evidence, and then they determine whether or not this person is going to be exiled to that city forever, or whether if, they, if they're caught outside the city by the avenger and killed, then they're, the, the, the blood's on their own head. So what you see is, is you've got these cities of refuge that are set up, and then verse 12 it says, And they shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger, that the manslayer die not until he stand before the congregation in judgment. So you, you see that there is a due process. There is a protection for the one who is accused of slaying a friend or slaying anybody. It could be by accident. And if it's by accident, well, of course, you're not going to sit there and take the guy's life. But recognizing that people, being who we are, you come and say you find your brother and he's been killed and you know he was out cutting wood with John and John's no longer there. And what happened was John was swinging and his axe head flew off and it hit, it hit your brother. And he tried to make sure he was okay and then the guy died and then he feared so he ran to a city of refuge. Okay? Till he could get some due process and tell his side of story rather than you coming after him and killing him. Okay? And it goes on and it says, it tells about the different cities where they're to put them and stuff. And it says in verse 15, These six cities shall be a refuge both for the children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them. So, look, this didn't just apply to the citizens of Israel. They had the strangers, the sojourners, the foreigners who traveled through the country. They didn't have all this stuff like we've got going on today. All right, and they certain weren't, certainly weren't providing any kind of welfare or housing accommodations or any of that stuff for the people um, based on stealing from somebody and giving it to somebody else. Okay? And verse 15 says, That everyone that killeth any person unawares may flee thither. And if he smite him with an instrument of iron so that he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be what? incarcerated for so many years, the rest of his life? Is the murderer to be rehabilitated? No. Nope. says he is to be put to death. He's to be put to death. Verse 18, Or if he smite him with a hand weapon of wood, wherewith he may die, and he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. But the revenger of blood himself shall slay the murderer. You hear that? When he meeteth him, he shall slay him. But if he thrust him of hatred, or hurl at him by laying of weight that he die, or in enmity smite him with his hand that he die, 
He that smote him shall surely be put to death too. So there's a difference here. One is taking a a vengeance. One is meeting out a just punishment to the murderer. And the other is sitting there contemplating, premeditating, putting it together with hatred, not a desire for justice, with hatred in his heart. Then he becomes a murderer. See the difference there? And the passage goes on and it says, Or with any stone wherewith a man may die, seeing him not, and cast it upon him that he die, and was not his enemy, neither sought his harm. And the congregation shall judge between the slayer and the revenger of blood according to these judgments. And the congregation shall deliver the slayer out of the hand of the revenger of blood. And the congregation shall restore him to the city of his refuge, whither he was fled, and he shall abide in it until, unto the death of the high priest, which was anointed with the holy oil. But if the slayer shall at any time come without the border of the city of his refuge, whither he fled, and the revenger of blood find him without the borders of the city of his refuge, and the revenger of blood kill the slayer, he shall not be guilty of his blood because he should have remained in the city of his refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the slayer shall return to the land of his possession. So these things shall be for a statute of judgment unto you throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Now, again, I know some people are not going to hear that from from the pulpit. And obviously there is a picture of Christ in there. We run into Christ. He is our city of refuge. Because the fact of the matter is, all of us have engaged in being angry with our brother without a cause at one time or many times in our life. And Jesus said it's the same thing as murder. Why? Because that is the very foundation on which murder happens. You're just doing it inside. You haven't yet released it on the outside. Okay? And Here's the thing. Yes, he did say that. He did say that. But there's a context for how those things go on, too. Uh, South, uh, South says, didn't the Lord say not to repay blood with blood, that vengeance is mine? Um, yes, as it, he absolutely did. And there's, there's distinctions in between the two things. But what they're setting up here is very clear. And the Scripture doesn't hold it against the avenger. Now, i got to ask you something. You're this, you're this kid's dad that, that Alex just mentioned. What do you do? You say, oh, that's fine. I'll just I'll take you to court. Hope for the best. And then you're like the mom who, who went to court, and the court says, oh, they can do whatever they want to your kid. They can cut off his genitals. And there's not a thing you can do about it. I want to ask you something. Is that just? This is why when Bradley has been on, and we talked about this last night, he talked about, you know, when the, when the law felt, when those who are entrusted in authority to bring justice don't do it, it is the people's job to serve the law in that matter. And this is why you'll see there are some people who are just sick and tired of the lack of justice. They're sick and tired of it. And this is why I find it hard, I, I find it very hard to condemn people who've had things happen to their kids like this and they go deal with the criminal. 
because the state hasn't done it. Listen to the rest of the interview. There's only about four minutes left here, and then we'll take a look at some of these things, okay? Uh, Senator, is there anything else that you want to say? Where can people find you? How can people get involved? Well, if I can tell you another thing, we also had a bill a couple years ago that I think Representative Pischke brought. I'm not positive. And, and that was because schools were teaching gender dysphoria in kindergarten through seventh. So he has a bill saying, no, we're not putting those negative ideas in the kids' head. We're not teaching them gender dysphoria. And that bill died, too. I mean, so in South Dakota, if, if folks. You, yep, if you dot to dot all these bills, and then this year we also had a birth certificate bill that said you cannot change the gender on your birth certificate. Who would have ever thought you would have needed to cha- to have a bill that says you can't change the gender on your birth certificate? Who would have ever thought that? So, but evidently it was being done, or you know, and so then uh, Representative Deutsch from the Sioux Falls area brought this bill saying you cannot change a gender on your birth certificate. And then it brought up, well, can you change a race on your birth certificate? Can you change the age on your birth certificate? That bill was killed as well. So the Girls in Fairness, there's um, Fairness and Girls Sports bill that was made the national news. It, it, the bill got vetoed. and then By Chrissy Noem? Yeah, it did get vetoed. Wow. And then she came out with two executive orders, but they they were... They just said as long as it matches a, the you gender on your birth that? certificate. That's, that's your but knowing Nolan. that the bill that says you couldn't change the gender on your birth certificate died, you can still be a transgender female and play because then it would match the gender on your birth certificate. How do you recommend that people get involved, people who are outraged by this, people who are watching and thinking, you're telling me they're doing what with our kids? What does a person do now with this information? Don't be complacent about it. Don't. If we don't advocate for our kids, who else is going to? And we are the primary educators of our children, not the school. And when you're told something and you choose to not put the effort into it to help or fix it, which is what we see, you know, it's like, oh, that requires work. You know, you'll get 200 people at a meeting and then the next meeting it maybe goes to and people are all passionate about something and then it goes down and then it goes down. Well, they're counting on us, you know going down and letting it go. The more we let things go, the more we don't work hard to change them and make them the best we can for our kids. The whole reason I'm in the legend, you know, ran is for kids. I love kids. That's my, that's where my heart is. And I really want parents to pay attention and not trust everything. We can't really trust anybody. Clearly. So, and you are a rock star. You should run for president. You (laughs) should run for president. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you you for what you're doing. We we are so thankful for legislators who are willing to fight the good fight. Um, Folks, you heard it. It's it's tragic. It's a travesty. And as long as you don't get involved, yeah, I'm talking to you. As long as you don't get involved, these kinds of atrocities are going to continue taking place. Evil is going to continue marching on. Senator... Well, could I say one more thing? Please do. I do want you to know, I had two national organizations that came and, and supported this bill. I believe I had nine proponents on this bill, and two came from the departments within and testified against it, and the committee went with the departments, not the two national organizations, and one was um, Children and Parental Rights organization and the other was constitutional alliance they stepped forward and tried to help support this bill and it just blows my mind when you can have that much support that much common sense and yet somehow they, the bill dies well we can- all right so that's that's pretty much the end of the interview they're just doing the formalities here at the end but do you see why i was so upset yesterday and <clears throat> again you know i go back to the words of christ you know he he says that if you're 
if you if you were to harm one of the little ones, if you were to offend them, if you were to lead them in the wrong way, then it's best if you take a millstone, tie it around your neck, and throw yourself into the sea. And I have to ask people, does that sound Christ-like to you if you're going to tell me that what I gave you earlier isn't Christ-like? Jesus himself said it, all right? Um, now, let me show you a couple things. One is, just so you, and I probably, I'm going to have to blow this up a little bit. This is <clears throat> the the particular deal, the U.S. Title 20, Chapter 31 of the uh, 1232H, okay, that she's talking about. Just so you see, it is it is legitimate. These are their definitions and what they mean. Invasive physical examination. The term invasive physical examination means any medical examination that involves the exposure of private body parts or any act during such examination that includes incision, insertion, or injection into the body, but does not include a hearing, vision, or scoliosis screening. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember when we were in school, they would do a hearing test. They would do a vision test. I remember that clearly. That was where I ended up getting glasses put on my face at the time. But that's not part of this. This is an issue of incision, insertion, and injection. And you they gave you a couple of examples. You could probably go online right now and you can put in, you know, school does this, that, or the other, whatever with the kids. And they're doing it and the parents don't know it. Because the parents think, well, that's not going to happen in my place, in my city. And that's the naivety here, okay? That's the naivety. But there it is. Now, here's the way this, this, this lady, who is pretty down to earth, here's how, she, here's how she's dealing with it. She's got Senate Bill 170 in the South Dakota legislature, okay? Look how long this is. I mean... <laughs> When you see it, you're going to go, okay, this is a real person. That's the length of the bill right there. Boom. That's it. Okay? Here's what. Here's how she put it. Physical examinations. Let's see if we can blow this up for you guys so that, whoops, I'm going the wrong way. I want to go this way. Uh, this is an act to prohibit the conduct of certain physical examinations or screenings on students in a school district without parental consent. A new section is to be added, section one, and it says parental consent is required. No non-emergency invasive physical examination or screening may be conducted on any student in any school district without the prior written consent of the student's parents or guardian. The school district shall obtain the written consent of the parent or guardian specifically for the particular ex examination or screening that is to be conducted. Now, i got to just tell you, apart from a Band-Aid and maybe some, I don't know, the spray that keeps it from getting infected. What is that stuff called? I forget what this stuff's called. Or you're going to put that salve on it to keep it from getting infected. I don't think the school ought to be doing any kind of examinations. What in the world? She says, no parent... Consent, no parental consent for any non-emergency invasive physical examination or screening may be included as part of a routine consent 
form is a consent form contained in a school handbook and signed annually by parents or guardians at the start of the school year. The school district shall obtain parental consent separately and distinctly for each examination or screening conducted. For the purposes of this section, a non-emergency invasive physical examination or screening is any medical examination that involves the exposure of private body parts. See, she used the law. She used their pretended law against them to reestablish the law that should already be acknowledged by everybody anyway. Or any act during the examination that includes incision, insertion, or injection into the body and is, one, required as a condition of attendance, two, administered by the school district and scheduled by the school district in advance. None of this should be administered by the school district at all. They have... Okay, I'm going to get on that in a minute. And not necessary to protect the immediate health and safety of the student. The term does not include a hearing, vision, or scoliosis screening, or a dental screening or examination. Got it? Schools are not there for this stuff. Actually, they have been put in place for that. And again, you know, I've had somebody mention, when I mention R.L. Dabney, you know, on secular education, go read it. It's four bucks. And I had a friend say, you know, he's, he's a, just an unrepentant racist. No, he's not. You've got to understand who he's speaking about. Now, I don't like the terms he used, but you've got to understand what he's talking about when he disting, distinguishes the blacks from the whites at the time and the fact that the blacks came from pagan lands. They did not have the Christian morality that was established in our land hundreds of years ago, hundreds of years before the Constitution, okay, by our forefathers in the States. But you ought to read R.L. Dabney on that. It's only about 70 pages, I think. It's well worth your time to read. This is a guy writing in the 1850s, 1860s, and he's telling you exactly what will come in. This is all part of that. It's all part of it. And speaking to the education part, we talk about Deuteronomy chapter 6 all the time, especially on Wednesdays. It is your job, Mom and Dad, to educate your kids, to talk with them. To point them in the way they should go. And matter of fact, we were touching on that a little bit yesterday. We were going through Proverbs in the uh, Sunday school. Their pastor was going through in that. Ephesians 6 4 Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Part of that requires chastening. Proverbs 19, verse 18 Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare, for he is crying. Don't do it, Daddy. It's interesting. My boys were in here the other day um, with their girlfriends, and they were kind of joking about when they would get spankings. And they were like I was about their age. They were thankful that I did that to correct them so they wouldn't grow up to be fools. And we have too many who don't want to do that. We have authoritarians who don't want you to spank your kids to make you feel bad about it. You do it because you love them, or you should do. You should do that because you love them. And I'm talking about spanking, not beating them. Okay, I'm not talking about child abuse or any of that. I'm against that. But here's these things. We're to be the ones to protect our kids. How are we protecting our kids when we're dumping them off for eight hours at a State Indoctrination Center. How are we protecting them? 
How, how are we doing that? I'm, I'm just curious how that happens. Do you know everything that's being taught to your kids, really, all through the day? How do you know that? I'm just saying, guys, this is the thing that Lynn warns about every Wednesday when she comes on. These are the things that's going on. And the more authority and the more power you give to these people by your silence and complicity in it, then don't be surprised when you have a situation like this come on. Don't be surprised when your daughter's been given um, one of those internal birth control things or, or birth control pills or the patch or your, your, your guy, your, your boys are, are uh, mutilated or they get have a kind of, well, if that, that happens, then I'm going to, yeah, I would be too. But the fact of the matter, it's already done by that, that point. And they're telling you they don't even need your... I mean, they don't even need your approval because they're working under pretended legislation. They have no authority for it. And this is why I've said for some time now, we're going to have to reestablish grand juries. We're going to have to reestablish the militia, and we're going to have to do it really quick. This is why David Zuniga is going to be on with me on Thursday and Friday. We're going to talk about that, establishing it, getting it on in, in our counties, taking back our authority. Because it's ours. It's not the state's. It's ours. Bringing real justice in our neighborhoods. And I got to tell you, it's why I am pushing more and more this idea of, you see what D.C. is doing? You're, you're wasting your time dealing with D.C. You're wasting your time. The states need to rise up in peaceful secession. I'm just going to tell you. The Bible says to come out of her so that you won't partake of her plagues. Remember that in, in Revelation, where, where Jesus calls his people out? D.C.'s storing up for itself wrath, and so are many states. And it's time for God's people to come out of that mess. To break off from that. Pull the plug on their power. We really need to start looking at that and see ourselves, not as this one nation under God thing, which, by the way, comes from a socialist Baptist, just so you know. We were designed to be a confederacy, a union of sovereign states or sovereign countries, not this one nation thing. And as a result of our abandonment of God, God has abandoned us. And he said, you want to have it your way? Go ahead. And go read Deuteronomy 28. And he says he's going to bring it on your kids too. This is, this is the reality that we're living under. It's interesting. I've told you that we read Psalm 127 and 128. We've read it with all of our kids within moments of them being born. That some of the first words besides, oh, he's so cute, oh, you know, all the goo-goos and gagas of everybody. Kids coming in, and mom's in there, and I'm in there. Is we read the word of God to them, and we let them know that they are a heritage, a reward from the Lord. The fruit of the of the womb is a reward. Psalm one twenty seven verse three. We're told in the Proverbs, "Train up a child in the way he should go; even when he is old, he will not depart from it." Who is that spoken to? Who is Proverbs 19.18 spoken to? Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Discipline him. 
Who's that spoken to? Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Who's that spoken to? When you go over in Deuteronomy 6, and it tells you to teach them all these different different ways at different times is to be in your heart and you're to teach it to them. Who's that spoken to? Is that spoken to the state? Is it spoken to the public school? Is it spoken to an agent of the state that's supposed that claims they're a teacher because they got a sheep, sheepskin that they went through certain kinds of training and classes? Is that who it's talking to? Huh? Nope, that's spoken to parents. That's spoken to parents. And yeah, Caroline, we are, we are talking Old Testament. That's exactly right. Because it's still the Word of God. In fact, it's the Word of God that Paul spoke about when he said, all Scripture is God-breathed. The New Testament, as, it, as, it, as we know it, didn't exist at that time. He was pointing back to Scripture. When he went and taught the people throughout Asia Minor, and he came to the Bereans, what did the Bereans do? Well, they were said to be more noble because what did they do? They went back into Scripture, the Old Testament, to see if the things that Paul said were true. And, and this is why I say this whole dispensational knockoff that puts the law back in the Old Testament says, you know, God of law, he's back there in the Old Testament. God in the New Testament is a different God. You know, he's, he's kindly, grandfatherly, you know, lovey-dovey, warm, fuzzy kind of God. And the God in the Old Testament is, is wrathful, vengeance kind of God. No, no, no. Same God. In fact, he shows mercy all throughout the Old Testament, by the way. He gives grace all through the Old Testament. That's the reason there's any believers there in the first place, is because he's merciful to them and he's gracious towards them. Knowing that he's going to send his son to be the ultimate sacrifice for their sin, just like he is for ours. And so I don't want to leave you without any hope, but I do want to give you a warning. These are some things that we've covered at Sons of Liberty. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem's decision to not give up liberty for a bit of security is how every governor should handle every alleged threat. I agree with that. I wrote the article. This is, all this stuff is from last year. Governor abiding by the law. South Dakota Governor Noem, we let the businesses stay open. We let people go to work. Yeah, they did. And she should be patted on the back for doing her job there because she doesn't have any authority. South Dakota governor, my state has perhaps the strongest economy in the country after refusing lockdowns. Yeah, good for her. And she went a step further. South Dakota governor, I don't have the authority to lock down the state. They are attacking our religious freedoms. And then this one. South Dakota declines socialism from Trump. I mean, that's what it is. 400 extra unemployment payments from Trump because people in the state don't need it. Why? Because they were working. The Bible says if you don't work, you should not what? Eat. If you don't work, you should not eat. I'm not talking about if you can't work, you've been injured or something like that. I think the church comes along to help. Not, not the state. It is not their job to be charitable. It is the church's job to be charitable. It is the individual's job to be charitable. Not the state. And then, after all of this, Christy Noem, you heard it in the interview, vetoed that bill that dealt with the 
transgender. There is no such thing. We used to just call them drag queens. I don't know what you would call the girls who, the butch, I don't know, who, who wanted to dress up like guys and, and be guys. She, she did that, and then she tried to sneak around it as to why she did what she did. But then, Bradley pointed out, she now promotes the experimental injections. I, I, I thought there was a video here that Bradley had, but maybe not. Maybe it was just uh, that there was a report. Okay, so I'm, I'm a little wrong in there. But she's done that. So she's promoting the injections. Now let's ask, let's ask Christy Noem. Are you going to back Senator Fry Mueller's Senate Bill 170? And then put it on her desk and see if she backpedals like she did on the uh, trans stuff. See, because I got a feeling they're setting her and Ronnie DeSantis down there in Florida, they're setting them up to run. And I'm telling you right now, people will flock to it because they heard tough talk. But what's actually being done is something different. DeSantis has got it in his state. Oh, if we de- if we decide it's an emergency the state can just run to your house and shoot a needle in everybody's arm that we say they can't. Because we say we can't. Not because they have any authority to do it, but because they usurp authority. They are tyrants. And they're doing it while they're wearing the red Republican jersey. And the Republicans would have it so. Because they still haven't figured out that the red and the blue, the Republican and the Democrat, the right and the left, are both acting unlawfully. And they'll even tell you, we had this conversation, this was going back and forth the other day when, when Stephen was in the chat. And they'll tell you, well, I would rather have the lesser of two evils. What they're telling you is, I'll take a lesser form of evil, please. I don't want people of character. They don't come out and say that. I, I, want, I want the guy that's maybe not as evil as the other person. Well, I got, I got news for you. That person is more wicked because they put on the face that they're godly, that they're Christian, that they're American. But behind the mask, they're more wicked and cowardly than the other guys. Keep that in mind. You might want to check and see what you can do in your state about this, too, because it's going to apply in your state, and look out for the kids in your state. Bradley be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. Looking forward to it. See you then.